How are we doing, Jets fans? I'm Glenn Norton with JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web. Coming off of a heartbreaking 23-20 defeat at the hand of the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, the Jets now get ready to take on another AFC West opponent in the Denver Broncos heading to the Mile High City. We have today joining us former Broncos cornerback, all-pro, uh, Chris Harris. How are we doing today, Chris? Uh, doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, I know, you know, we got to talk about this week's game, but re- the first thing I wanted to ask you, because when whenever I hear your name, um, mm-hmm. you're, you're one of the first guys that come to mind when I think of the some of the darkest years Jets fans have, have, have endured when uh, back in the, you know, the early 2010s when John Idzik was their general manager and you were undrafted free agent out of Kansas. So you you hit free agency fairly early in your career. And you were one of the biggest names out there in terms of corners. The Jets had a ton of cap space. They had no cornerbacks. And everyone just assumed the Jets were going to make this big push for you and some of the other guys that hit the market. Um, they, and I, I, I was curious if you, if you recall the Jets approached you because yeah. there was nothing in the news about the Jets showing interest, um, which was shocking to me and anybody following the team. They ended up settling on a guy, Dimitri Patterson, who retired before he ever suited up to play a game um, and was like the fourth corner in Miami. But um, was there ever any talk with you and the Jets at that yeah. time when you were testing free agency? No, it, it never was, man. And uh, it, that was, you know, uh, interesting uh, that you said. Uh, well, you said there was nothing, no information out there that they were trying to hit me up. But no, not I, and, I, call, I and I don't and I don't think it was any any interest. So, um I don't know. I can't remember who they had at that time. Like you said, uh, you said Dimitri Patterson. Well, that's, yeah, who, they, so, that's who they ended up signing. Yeah, big so, fish. Yeah, so the Jets, you know, they they haven't made a lot of good, you know, free agent decisions, you know, in a long time. So uh, hopefully uh, now, which I knew, GM, hopefully they're 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 improving. I think the younger players that they're bringing in are a lot better. Uh, you know, the uh, the defense is definitely stout. Uh, but they, you know, they're still struggling with O line. You know, still struggling. Uh, they try to fix it with the quarterback, so I'll give them credit for trying to fix it. But overall, I think they've definitely improved improved the roster. Yeah, I think um, you know the last couple of weeks. That's one thing we've talked about on our show. Is that once since they put rookie Joe Tippman in at right guard, and things seem to have settled a little bit with you know they AVT out to right tackle, Beckton at the left side. So the last two weeks, their sort of their their pass rush win rate has been much better than the first couple. So we'll see if the O-line gets it together. But in terms of the offense in Denver, um, of course, huge story last year was, was the way Russell Wilson played. And was it Russ Wilson? Was it Nathaniel Hackett? Of course, the Sean Payton comments early in the preseason, um, you know, caught a lot of people by, by surprise. Just because coaches don't generally speak each other, about each other like that. And, and you know, he, he did say following the incident, I kind of mm-hmm. had my analyst hat on. I wasn't speaking like a coach. But what have you guys seen in Denver this year from Russell Wilson? He, the little bit I've seen of yeah. him, he looks a lot closer to the guy he used to be than the guy he was last year. Yeah. Oh, man, Sean Payton's doing – I think he's definitely uh, improved offense, you know, dramatically. You know, Russell's – he's getting the ball out of his hand. Um, they're taking deep shots when, when they can. Um, um, his turnovers, you know, we had a turnover issue the first three weeks. You know, last week uh, they finally won the turnover battle. But um, the the la- the versus the Dolphins, it wasn't Russ's fault, you know. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys are just fumbling and um, you know poor poor execution by the rest of the guys. So Russell's improved. Um, he's a guy that um, is definitely going to challenge y'all secondary uh, on deep three deep shots, um, you know. So Sauce and those guys definitely got to be ready. He has confidence in throwing to Judy, 
Mims and uh, Sutton. So he's not going to shy away from throwing a ball in uh, the Jets secondary. So it's going to be a great matchup, man. He's definitely improved. The offense has improved. Uh, the only thing I would say the biggest weakness now in on the Denver offense is losing Williams. You know, they lost their, their starting running back this week. Um, and uh, the right tackle, you know, paying they pay big money for the right tackle. And he hasn't performed up uh, to the money or so far in the first four, first quarter of the season. And now what do you think in, in terms of if, when you look back at how things were going last year to this year, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get like hot takes or bash anyone. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but do, do you think that, that there was a disconnect between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett? Or do you think that the offense wasn't a good fit for what they wanted Wilson to do? Because I mean, it really, that was one of the biggest storylines in the NFL last year is what in the mm-hmm. world is going on with Russell Wilson. I mean, you hear about guys dropping off, but that drop off was so mm-hmm. monumental that, that everybody was kind of scratching their heads. I think last year Russ had command over the offense. You know, I think they let him do what he wanted to do last year. Right. It wasn't, he was, it wasn't really more, it was like Hackett and Russ was making the game plans. Right. So now you get a real offensive genius, which is real respected around the league and a guy like Sean Payton. He's like, no, you're going to run this, and, or if you don't like it, we're checking to this, right? So he's giving Russ uh, two options each play to be able to put him in the right situation, and I think that's worked out for Russ, right? Don't put him in – don't give him too much responsibility. You know, they're taking away a lot of his um, – a lot of the perks that he had, you know, in the facility and things like that, and I think it's improved him, right? Let Sean Payton coach you and put you in the, put you in the uh, right situations to make plays, and – I think he's building that trust with him to be able to trust Coach Payton. And now you mentioned Judy and Mims. The interesting thing to me about Mims, loved him coming out of college, um, really surprised me, ran a much faster 40 at Indy than I expected. I mean, I knew he could run, but he really, mm-hmm. I think, surprised a lot of people with that. But that draft class as a whole, um, how much playing time are they getting? Because they're like Drew Sanders, I, he was one of my favorite players in that class. He goes to Denver. Yeah. Uh, Mims, I thought, was going to be a good player. So they drafted some some players who were really impressive in college. How are they working out? And, you know, Drew Sanders with that defense, again, you know, we'll get on that in a second, the the the, the yards and points they're giving up. But how has he looked and how has the rookie class looked as a whole? Yeah. Man, Drew Sanders is a guy that's, uh, you know, he's 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 uh, super athletic as a linebacker, right? Can go uh, from, you know, uh, sideline to sideline, right? The thing with Drew is the game is so fast. It's like a tornado in his head, right? Mm-hmm. He's misaligned. He, uh, you know, he doesn't understand what the, where the offense is trying to um, attack him in the run gaps. He's misgapping or run fits. You know, he's play action. He's running up to the almost the D tackles butts. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just going so fast for him. It hasn't slowed down. So that's the issue going on with Drew and why he's not playing up to his standard, I think, from what I'm watching and how I'm judging the film. Um, also, uh, you know, Mims has been great. You know, he's a guy that's everybody's been complaining, right? Why is he only getting 15 to 10 plays a game, three touches a game, right? Um, if I'm coaching, you know, he, he has to get 10 to 15 touches, right? Whether I give him reverses or those little jet screens or bubble screens, he's, he has to get the ball. So he's a guy that I would definitely put on the radar, um, to make big plays because every week he has, whether it's been return game or at the receiver position. And he might have some shots this week. The Jets announced today DJ Reed, starting corner DJ Reed in concussion protocol. 
They say they're optimistic he'll play, but they said that about Dwayne Brown about five minutes before he went on IR. And uh, no player this year has come back from protocol to play that same week. So we'll see what happens there. But you talk about Mims. It's funny because that's exactly what Jets fans have been saying about um, Garrett Wilson on the outside for the Jets is with your mm-hmm. offense struggling, get him 10, 12 targets a game. Now, last week, the Jets got finally nine targets, which was a season high. Um, not not a lot in terms in terms of production with yards, but just getting him involved in the in the game plan more heavily will help the Jets. Now, I would expect he's going to see a lot of Patrick Sertan on Sunday, who is a guy. Mm-hmm. And look, looking at numbers this early in the year, I'm not always a huge fan of because when you've played three, four games, one bad game can skew the numbers tremendously. Um, but in, in looking at Sertan right now, he's allowed a higher completion percentage than at any other point in his career. Um, and he gave up a big score last week, if I'm not mistaken. So this whole defense, and, and I've said this, you know, I've, I've been a fan of the Jets long enough to have seen entire defenses melt down. And I always feel like it's hard to harshly grade any one player when everything is going wrong. But w- what are you seeing from Sertan? Do you think there's been a slight drop off or is he still the same guy and he's just had a couple of rough games early on? Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard, man, when you got a lot of, when you're on a defense that's not performing well, right? And then you're reaching and you're you're trying to go extra hard to be able to make a play for your team, right? And uh, um, that's what that's what's going on with Sertan. You know, he's having a, I'm seeing a little bit more penalties, right, where he's falling asleep, getting, you know, as a DB, you can't fall asleep, right? You got to be able to stay on your P's and Q's all game, where his technique is kind of getting, um, I would say lazy a little bit. And th- those are things that as a DB, you got to stay on yourself and harp on yourself. And I think he'll get back to that and improve this week. Um, he, you know, it's always, a, it always look at the matchup versus him and DJ Moore. Cause DJ Moore, if people realize, you know, DJ Moore has won a lot of the battles versus Sertan if you really watch the film. So that was a kind of a matchup right there versus the bears. I was looking at um, this week. I think um, Wilson is not a, um, I don't think it's a bad matchup for Sertan. I think he fits well with him. Um, he's going to be able to use his size versus a guy like Wilson and um, being able to – I think he should have a good week this week. Yeah, I think that's going to be – again, it's going to be one to watch. The Jets – and Jets fans have talked about this a fair bit recently. They don't They don't generally have their corners travel. They stay on their side of the field. So will that change with DJ Reed being out? And, you know, I'm assuming he'll be out if they don't have what they feel is a true number two. Um, but again, it's not like you guys only have one receiver, right? That Denver's got some guys that can catch the football, so it may not do yeah. you any good to move guys around because somebody's going to draw that CB two, who's a backup. Um, if somebody does get elevated, if Reed can't go, but it looks to me again, you know, one of the things I noticed in watching Denver, and you know, so I looked up the number today. Um, it, you know, the big story, the seventy points with to Miami, and you know, last in the NFL and in, in yards allowed, last in the NFL in points, thirty-one a game or whatever it is, um, missed tackles. 58, and that's according to, to Pro Football Focus, through four games, that's 58 missed tackles. That's, you know, you're on pace for, for nearly 300 missed tackles on the season, which, I mean, isn't sustainable. That can't happen, right? Like, what, what do you think is going on up front? Man, that's just having urgency, right? Playing with your head on fire and being able to, uh, when, when you got to, in the NFL, it's about mano e mano, right? Can you, can you get this man down? Right. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, we're, we're not having that effort. The effort's been lackluster, you know, except the last fourth quarter, the game versus the Bears, you know, when they started making plays, you know. But uh, the effort's been bad. Uh, tackling has been bad. Uh, run get gaps, like I was saying, they, these guys just running free. Um, you know, usually you have an identity on how we tackle. 
right? That's like that's that's football. That's like first day of training camp, right? How we're gonna tackle as a defense, and you're not, you not we don't have that identity right now. I can't say for sure who's the best tackler on the defense, right? I would say Josie Jewell, but he's out right now. You know, our best linebacker. So um, right now we're we're it's very bad. You know, that's embarrassing to have 58 missed tackles. You know, uh, I don't even know how many missed tackles I had my whole career in 12 years. So. But 58 is terrible, and that's something that uh, they got to clean that up to be able to win any game in the NFL. It's about making tackles in space, right? And right now, the Denver Broncos are our last, probably one of the worst teams in tackles, right? I don't know. It's probably no telling. I've seen a lot of bad tackling this year in the NFL. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a team worse out there right now. But Denver's yeah, definitely you know- top three. That, that's been a talking point for years, right? These shorter camps, you're seeing teams get off the slower starts, and especially early in the year, you see this sloppy tackling, and it, it seems to be across the league. But, again, the, the 58 number jumped out to me. Um, this Now, yeah. the, the storyline, the big storyline for the Jets this year, obviously, has been Rodgers goes down week one, um, drive one. Zach Wilson steps in. He's had some moments. I've said I don't think Zach is as bad as people have sort of um, – I think he's taken a lot more criticism than he should. I think last week was right. the first time we saw Hackett open things up a little and give him the opportunity to make some plays. It was a lot of, you know, uh, the previous game, I think they'd run on first down like 11 out of 12 drives or something like that. Last week, they finally threw it early on. They moved the pocket. They did a lot of the things that Zach does well. Um, and it's, it was one of his best games. And, and I look at this Denver defense, and they're not a team. I, they have eight sacks through the first four games, but they're not getting a ton of push up front. And it, with this Jets O-line, like I said, each from week one through four, the Jets O-line pass block win rate has gotten better every week. And if they settle down and, and Denver has a hard time getting pushed, Zach Wilson might have another game where he's got some time to sit back there and throw the ball. But how do you see – and where do you think the Broncos have some favorable, favorable matchups against Jets receivers or tight ends? And, and where do you think the Jets can exploit them? Man, that that's what um, Justin Fields did last week. He he killed him down the seams, you know, with the tight end, right? And that's where um, uh, Zach Wilson. I think he he was that's who he was throwing to his tight end last game, right? He made all a lot of his big throws to the tight end. Yeah. So if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm going to continue to carry that ride. See, keep going until you can see Denver stop it, right? Let's see if Denver can stop it. I'm going with that same type of game plan. Right, that that that's a key matchup in the game, right? Of course, we said Sertan and Wilson. Um, the big big uh big key is you know, I think it's gonna be similar to the game it was last year, right? It's gonna come down to you know, maybe might be the last drive. Um, uh, you know, it's gonna be a defensive game, I think, just because of uh, you know, having a younger guy with Zach Wilson going on the road again, but he did win there, right? So he might have confidence knowing that I beat Denver. I, I've got to win on them. So um, he might go in, might have more confidence going to play this game versus him. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, if I'm the Jets, I'm trying to pound the ball, right? This Broncos haven't stopped the run all season. Uh, we've seen what the Dolphins did. I think they ran for like 300 yards. So um, if I'm if I'm the Jets, run the football, play action with uh, Wilson, try to get him on the move, make some easy throws and boots and roll passes, and uh, keep it simple. Throw it, hit the tight end down the seam. Try to get Wilson. Wilson, this game, you might not get a lot of targets, you know. So this might not be your game. So that's what I would have to let him know. 
And um, that that would be my game plan this week. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the big story today was, of course, um, Robert Sala saying no more pitch count for Brees Hall. He's he's free to go, no limitations. And you look at that Denver defense giving it what is it, uh, 175 yards a game on the ground, 176. So pound the ball is exactly what the Jets might try to do. Um, yeah. And I on defense, I expect that you know the Jets always employ a heavy rotation on the D line anyway. But that thin air up there in Denver. Um, I would expect to see a lot of that again this week from the Jets. But uh, thanks so much, Chris Harris, for coming on, joining us, talking Jets, Broncos. You got to give us a prediction. Yes, Who do you like? What 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 type of score you think? You you said you think similar to last year's game. Yeah, man, I think it. I I got a twenty four to seventeen. Just scoring a little bit more. I don't know if they got the twenties last game, but <laughs> I, I would say twenty four seventeen. All right, thanks a lot, Chris, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. All right, take care. That's Chris Harris, former All-Pro cornerback for the Denver Broncos, joining us. Special episode. We were uh, going to do that tomorrow night, but we had to shuffle some things around. So tomorrow night, Jet Nation Live, myself and Chris Schubert, will be going a little bit more in-depth on this Jets-Broncos matchup. So be sure to catch us tomorrow night, 6.30, and we'll talk about the goings-on through the week, the DJ Reed news with, of course, concussion protocol today per Robert Sala, and um, a couple of rookie uh, rookie draft picks Activated from the pup list, Carter Warren, the tackle from Pitt, and uh, Bernard, uh, I'm drawing a blank, Jarek Bernard Converse, um, the draft pick, the safety corner. And that's something you want to know about him is where is he going to play? Played a little bit of both in college. The Jets list him as a safety. I saw a lot of the beat guys listing him as a corner. Um, Watching him in college, I thought he he was more impressive at Oklahoma State than he was from what I saw at LSU. But, I mean, he played a lot more. He, you know, four years at Oklahoma State, one year at LSU. So, of course, a lot more tape to watch. But I thought Bernard Converse was better in that spot. And I thought he I thought he looked good at corner in the Jets. Listen, the Jets love versatility. Everybody loves versatility. So maybe he plays a little bit everywhere. But we'll see the Jets now, like I said, 21 days. So the Jets have to decide if these guys are added to the active roster or if they have, you know, if, if they're going to go practice squad, whatever it may be. I don't see that, especially in the case of Warren. Plays both tackle spots. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the tackles currently on the roster once he's healthy and ready to go. That wraps this one up for us. Again, we'll have more on all of this tomorrow night. Myself and Chris Schubert, 630 Jet Nation Live. Have a good one, Jets fans. And thanks again to Chris Harris uh, for joining us to talk Jets Broncos.